call you in a week. And two things I want you to know. Number one, we're not going to talk all the time. This is exactly what he told me. We're not going to talk all the time. Number two, if I find out you're not doing it exactly what I tell you to do, I'm going to fire you when you get none of your money back. And he hung up on me. And I knew why he did that because he wanted to see if I was committed to working with him. Yo, this is Christian D. Evans with Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our amazing podcast. This is where we reveal the top 1% of business concepts and systems and processes to scale eight and nine figure businesses. We interview top level eight and nine figure CEOs, business owners, and amazing TEDx speakers like David Meltzer. We got Nick Cavuto, Pascal Bachman, and so many others. And if you feel like this resonates with you, please share this with your friend, your family, and make sure you impact them as well because we're trying to spread the message on those that do not know how to scale eight, nine figure businesses and talking higher level business concepts. So guys, remember, enjoy the episode and be uncommon if you can. Cheers. Thank you so much for tuning into Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. I'm your host, Christian D. Evans, and boy, we have a very special guest on today. Now, remember Bob Proctor? Well, guess what? This guy mentored this man, this individual, and has been able to have huge impact, such a massive impact that now he's been able to do some incredible stuff. And I'm very excited about having him on. Now, he was um, partnered with Peter Malik at Creative Planning, where he grew 401k management division from zero dollars, nothing, nada, to more than $2.5 billion in assets under management. His division oversaw more than 1,500 corporate-sponsored retirement plans with more than 100,000 planned participants. Today, now creative planning, because of his also growth, is one of the largest independent advisors with about $250 billion assets under management. This next guest is the co-author of Get Tough, Retire Rich, and he's also the author of Go For It, Start Getting What You Want in your finances, career, health, and relationships. And today we're going to be talking about his movie that he went out there and published, my friend, Ravine, The Ravine. Please welcome my next guest, Bob Pascuzzi. How are you doing today, Bob? Hey, Chris. I'm doing great. It's great to be with you today. Thanks for having me well, I appreciate you jumping on, man. I'm excited about your your journey and and, and just the evolution. And you, we were just talking a little bit, you know, off um, offline about obviously the impact that Bob had um, in your life, but also just like you were saying a little bit, the principles, the methodologies a little bit. And I want to just kind of you know start with this a little bit. You said, you know, you gotta you can't figure out how it all works, but sometimes you just gotta start taking action. Tell me a little bit about that and and that that mindset that you approach anything now. Yeah, well, I guess the best way to kind of tee that up, Chris, is before I met Bob. So Bob passed away this past February, unfortunately, but, you know, he he was widely regarded as the world's foremost teacher on human performance and growth. And I met Bob six years ago after attending one of his live seminars called The Paradigm Shift. And what he was sharing just kind of, you know, shook my, <laughs> it just took my head off and turned around and put it back on. Like it really shook me up. Like it was like, okay, this is what I really want to know. And Bob talked about understanding the infinite potential in all of us and understanding who we truly are and what we're capable of. And so I had had this uh, desire, I guess is the best way to say it for years, of taking this book that I had written called The Ravine um, that had been published in 2014 and turn it into a, a movie, but I didn't know how to do it. And so Long story short is my wife and I, Kelly, we, we actually got connected to Bob through a mutual friend and we hired Bob to have him mentor us and coach us. Initially, that's why we got together. 
But now I'm looking back, I understand why we really met. And so Bob was asked, asked me one day, you know, what do you really want? And I, and I told him, you know, I want to have this book and turn it into a movie, but I don't know how to do it. And, and what Bob teaches and what he taught was that you don't have to know how. You just have to know what you want and that most people don't really know what they want or if they do, they suppress it because they don't know the how or they don't think they have the money or the resources or the edgy, whatever it is. And so the start stops, you know, the beginning. And so what Bob said is write it on a gold card, which I did, carry it with you, look at it every day, get emotionally involved in the idea, see it happening. Well, here we are, you know, six years later, the film came out in May and it was released by Cinedime and it's, it's streaming now on most major platforms. We just signed a deal with Glasshouse to sell the film internationally. And so the, the film's gonna go around the globe. That was, our, that was what I wrote on the gold card is, is that I wanted this film and the message of the film to impact as many people as possible. And so that's how we got, you know, that, that's kind of the backdrop to Bob, but um, none of that would have happened. I don't, I, I know that none of that probably would have happened because I wouldn't, I, I would have thought it was impossible because at the time, you know, we live in Kansas city. I don't, I didn't know anybody in Hollywood. I didn't know how to get it done, et cetera, et cetera. But Bob was able to plug us into some people out there. And then one thing led to another. So um, Bob has inspired me to do a lot of things. And since then, I've, I've written two other books. You mentioned those books. They're, they're in the financial world. That's really my background. I was uh, one of the founding partners with Peter Malouk at Creative Planning back in 2004. And as you mentioned, I started the corporate retirement plan division. I'm still there today. I'm, I'm doing some other things. But, um, you know, that's been a phenomenal ride and, you know, just substantial growth. And so that's been fun. But I'm pursuing some other creative things that I wanted to express. And, uh, and so those have been fun to see how those things have, have grown too. But my real passion, as I mentioned to you before we got started, is continuing the growth and the fruition of the story that's impacting people um, at a high rate. And so um, I'll stop there, but that's, that's a long answer to your <laughs> question I realized but no and I appreciate you diving into this so let's kind of build the premise a little bit okay so you know you um say he felt compelled to search for answers answers when a close friend murdered his wife and his son before dying by suicide the ravine and I want to talk a little bit about the ravine here uh, about your book as well as this new published movie uh, mm -hmm. On a typical weekday morning, a peaceful suburb of Akron, Ohio, the town awakens to discover that Rachel Turner, which is just played, and her son, Evan, have been brutally murdered during the night. This is based on a true story. I'd love for mm -hmm. you to just kind of take it from there and unpack um, a little bit about the premise of it. Right. Well, well, I, I do have to, as a disclaimer, Chris, I can't share any of the real names or locations or so forth of the people left behind, but it is, it is based on a true story. Um, Eric Dane plays me in the film and Terry Polo plays Kelly. So it's a period piece um, documenting a, a tragedy that Kelly and I and her family went through. And um, so we basically decided, you know, a couple of years after this happened that we wanted to try to find some good in this horrific event, which basically Carolyn, 
was killed and her son was killed by her husband. And then he killed himself as he was driving off this ravine. And so nobody knew why or, you know, why this happened basically. Um, and it just left everybody dev devastated because as these things happen around the world, a lot of times people don't have it. You don't have the answer. Why, why did this happen? Why did Danny do this? Um, and so I had this premise, whatever you want to call it, a lightning bolt, you know, a moment with God, but I had this moment of consciousness is the way I would say it, that we were supposed to write a story about this and somehow look for some good in this. And so the theme of the story is really our journey through this and the healing process of coming to terms with the whole thing. And it's really based in forgiveness, you know, being able to forgive Danny in the story um, and just essentially move on, you know, without knowing why he did it, but just letting it go and find trying to find the good in it. So that's, that's what the story is really based in, but at the heart of it, it's forgiveness, you know, and forgiveness is one of those things that is hard to do, you know, sometimes, um, and we don't, you know, we don't want to talk about it oftentimes, you know, letting things go and, and, you know, it's easy to hold a grudge, right? Some people hold a grudge their whole life. Somebody will slight them, say something they don't like. could be a, even a family member, right? And then there's people don't speak for years. And so this was such a, a egregious act and so beyond, you know, anything that we could ever, would ever have even thought would, Danny, you know, this is a guy I knew for 25 years. I could have, I mean, would have never guessed something like this could have happened, but we had to come to terms with that and move through this space. And so the story kind of really is really our journey through it, you know? And so most of the story is, you know, it's true to fact. I mean, some of it's, especially in the movie, it's changed a little bit for theatrical purposes, but it's pretty true line to the story. And, um, and so at the end, it's about, again, it's about letting go and forgiving. And um, so that's, that's what I, you know, I noticed with the book. Now the film is it's really impacting people from that perspective. You know, how do we look at our own lives? How can somebody view this story and from introspection, look at their own life and, see where maybe they need to be able to forgive. Maybe it's even themselves for something they've done. I mean, the, the, the range of the spectrum of like the reviews that I see on Amazon or a lot of these streaming platforms now, it, it kind of blows me away because um, it, it, the message is really impacting people. And, and the message came to and through us. So, you know, it took us three years to write this book, Chris, and it took us over three years to get the film done. And a lot of what people see, it's, you know, we were inspired with a lot of this. So a lot of that story kind of came through us. And so I, I, we always felt like there was a higher power guiding this whole thing. And that might sound a little corny to people, but I do believe that this was supposed to happen in terms of us with the story. Um, you know, you can't control the events, but you can control how you respond, the meaning, the meaning. And we didn't want the meaning to just end the way, it, you know, 
it had ended. Like, how else, you know, what else could this mean? You know, how else could we, how else could, could we turn this around? What different perspective could we apply to this, this event? And so I think it's not a Wayne Dyer, you know, phrase when you change the way you look at something, what you look at changes. And we, we had to try to change the way we looked at it. But, um, you know, that's, that's what eventually came out of it. And um, so I'm just, I'm on this journey, you know, and I was looking forward to talking to you uh, because we want us, we want this story. This isn't about us. It's, it, we never did it for the money. Anybody knows anything about writing a book or a movie, you know, it's lightning in a bottle. If you're going to make, you know, very few make their money back. We did it because we were called to do it. And to me, a calling is something you don't turn away from. And so even though we wanted to, there were a lot of times when we wanted to turn away from this and just say, okay, it's not going to happen for whatever reason. Um, it just, what we needed just kept showing up. It wasn't always in our time frame, you know, but everything happens in perfect timing. And I've learned, there's some lessons I've learned through this journey, you know, um, and that everything happens in perfect timing and it's still happening right now. This is this story. I feel like it's, we're just getting going. Actually, we're just getting started with this. Uh, because now the movie is accessible and people are watching it. And I told you, we just signed a deal with Glass House. They're an international film distributor. So it's going to go all over the, all over the international globe. And so uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm, I'm really passionate about. I mean, I'm, you know, just doing all we can to get this message out. And I'm excited for it. And, you know, what I saw in the reviews, it did talk about, you know, forgiveness, but I want to ask you and, and your wife. Okay. So imagine yourself back during that period of time where mm -hmm. that journey to forgiveness, right? Because it's, it's easier. I think we can all agree. It's easier said than sometimes actually done. Right. And so if you could just imagine yourself back in that period of time frame, what other experiences did you feel during that before you went to uh, that, that forgiveness? Was it anger? Was it frustration? Was it annoyance? And then, like you mentioned, you were asking yourselves maybe the wrong questions that weren't giving you the right answers. Why did this happen? Right. And maybe asking, you know, help me understand what was going through your head and help you get clarity uh, before you achieve that forgiveness, um, which is what the, the ravine talks about. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, obviously after the initial shock and this devastation of the, of what happened, um, anytime something like this happens, you know, it's just, um, this stops you in your tracks, obviously. And so, um, you know, once we, and, and I dealt with that differently, obviously than Kelly did. Um, it took Kelly quite a while to move past, you know, that, that anger um of her best friend being taken you know this is somebody that she grew up with knew since best friends since they were six years old and so um she dealt with it a little differently than i did but i i kind of moved more into a space of wanting to know why it happened you know how how did this happen this guy that i knew uh the guy I knew, like I said, I, he, he couldn't have done that. In my mind, he couldn't have done that. So how did this happen? So I went, in my mind, it was more of, okay, I, I want to figure out the answer because that's just how I think. 
you know, I, I'm always looking for the answers. And so that's when we decided that we we're going to write this book. That's kind of what I got into that mindset, you know, talking to everybody I could and interviewing police and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, although that helped the storyline obviously come together, um, it, it never answered the question that I started out with. You know, I, I never did. I mean, obviously you can sit there and speculate, but nobody really knew as Danny, you know, took his own life at the end. But, um, but I think it was that journey through that process where it, it, it finally came to us what the real story should be about. And so it's not, it's not so much um, what, how we saw it. It's, you know, what we felt like for us in terms of the, the message that we took away from it at the end, um, that's what we were supposed to share. And um, so that, that's really, you know, that's really how it all transpired. I, I you know, looking back, it's, it's been, a, you know, over a 10 year journey. So um, looking back on it now, I, I really feel like it was, it was like I, I said, Chris, it was just a, a calling that we were supposed to do this. So I, I have a feeling, it's a feeling of certainty that this story will go on for a long time and it'll reach a lot of people um, because um, I knew, I know we could have never got here and had to go through everything we went through to get to this point for this not to do something really impactful. So that's why I have a feeling of certainty that the film's really going to take off. And um, so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really excited about continuing to do all we can do to, to help spread the word. Yeah, and I appreciate you sharing and, and being authentic and just helping us understand kind of what that goes through. Because I could imagine a lot of people, you know, I think there are certain things that happen in our life that we may not understand, right? In this circumstance, asking ourselves the right question. And I'm curious, when you were in that situation, Bob, you and your wife, right? Did you ever take ownership of it? Like you felt guilty or shame? Like, okay, how could I have prevented this? Or or did that those thoughts never come through? Oh, yeah. Or you never, no, they did okay. No, no, so how did sure. you unpack that's that? A common thing. You know, I think that's a common thing, right? How did I not see the sign? I mean, we see this stuff going on all the time, all over the place, right? I mean, all these shootings that are going on and, you know, suicides and it's, it's very troubling, you know, and, and I think that's a common response. Like, how did I not see the signs? I should have noticed something. I should have asked more questions, right? And certainly, you know, that was there, especially, you know, for me. Um, uh, you know, maybe you know, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a good enough friend. I didn't really, you know, ask what was really going on in this guy's life. You know, even though there were signs, but you know how you, you can tend to just dismiss things, right? Oh, well, you know, I don't want to get, uh, you know, involved and I don't want to ask the wrong questions that might, they might not respond well and so forth. So that is, that is a good question, Chris. And, and I look at things differently now. I'm probably more perceptive, number one. Um, of what's going on around me, you know, especially with people you, you love and you care about. And so I'm, I'm, I think I'm definitely more um, apt to ask more questions, you know, 
just to open the door a little bit and see if that person wants to talk, right? I think so many times people are bottling things up and it and maybe if somebody just asked them, they'd be willing to share. Um, but you know, so that yeah, there was a, there was definitely a period of that um, that I, I, I dealt with, and I have, I know for sure with Kelly there was definitely uh, because they were you know her and Rachel were so close that she should have asked you know, but again it's you know how it is. It's like uh, I don't know you know we don't really know where the where the line is, right? You don't want to cross the line sometimes with people even though you're close friends or it could be even family. So that's my, my message is, is this, that, you know, don't has don't, you know, reach out. You know what I mean? Be, be open to asking people if they want to talk, if, if you're noticing something, Hey man, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of noticing this or that, or this seems to be off or, you know, is there anything you want to talk about? You know, just is we all struggle with these things, right? Challenges, things are always evolving in our life. And, um, it's easy to bottle things up and that's when it can start to grow and fester. And so, um, again, why that happened, I have no, you know, I mean, I can speculate, but, you know, sometimes things happen and there just aren't any answers. There are never going to be answers. We're never going to have the answers. So then it, it, it leaves us to decide for ourselves what the meaning is. And so I, one of the things about our movie, Chris, if you ever see the film or any of the listeners see the film or read the book, and Bob Proctor even said this, he, after he saw the film, he said, what I thought was interesting about your film is that you could probably have a hundred people watch this film and they'd all have a different perspective about what, this, what the story meant to them, how it impacted them. Because we don't try to tell people there, here's the narrative we want you to take away, right? Or here's Here's the storyline. This is how you should have it. And it's open-ended at the, at the end. So it's really up to the viewer or the reader to come away with, with what they think happened and why it happened and the meaning of that for them. The same thing we went through. So we wanted to leave it that way for the viewer. And I think that's why it's so powerful because it is left up to them. And if you, if you see, like I said, if you see reviews, they're all over the board. You know, to me, that's a good thing. I'd rather be polarizing with the story, right? Is it causing this movie, this story, Chris, what it really does is cause people to think. It really causes people to think. And that's a good thing. Like we get on autopilot, you know, and introspection, self-evaluation, self-honesty is the most important thing that we can have as individuals because we always have to know two things. Where are we and where we're going? Where are we and where we're we going? Well, a lot of people, they don't even want to get real with themselves. It's either they aren't aware of where they are, right? You know, or they don't, they just don't want to, they don't want to deal with it. They just rather, you know, well, everything's good, blah, blah, blah. We pass up. But that, that's why I feel like it's easy, it's easy to get off course over time. Everything over time gets off course without reflection and introspection and then having people that we can trust, right? that we can go to and we can get honest feedback from people that maybe um, we know have are going somewhere that we want to be, or we feel like can help us, right? They have, they have the proper perspective. Don't be afraid to open up to those people and get their advice. I mean, that's why I was doing really well. You know, when I sought out 
Bob Proctor. I mean, talking to Bob is not a, she wasn't a cheap endeavor. Okay, it, it, you know, when I talked to Bob Proctor, he told me, "You want to you want to be coached by me? You, you'll wire me 150k." And that's the only, the only reason I tell you that, not to impress you, but to, in the audience, but just press upon you. Like most people would have turned away from that. They just would have said, "That's ridiculous." But I knew Bob had something that I wanted. He had information. He knew things that I wanted to know, and that's just my personality. I seek out the advice from people that I know are at another level or where I want to go. And that's the reason that I engage with Bob and not knowing what we were going to get. I remember Bob told me two things. He goes, wire me the money. He said, I'll call you in a week. And two things I want you to know. Number one, we're not going to talk all the time. This is exactly what he told me. We're not going to talk all the time. Number two, if I find out you're not doing it exactly what I tell you to do, I'm going to fire you when you get none of your money back. And he hung up on me. And I knew why he did that because he wanted to see if I was committed to working with him. And so everything in my, in my fiber was saying, don't do it, right? It just, just seems ridiculous. But my intuition was telling me, you got to do this. And if I, and like I said, I went through that door not knowing anything about what we we're going to get. But meeting Bob was the most impactful thing that's ever happened in my life. Um, and so that my point is like, you, you never know you know, there's, there's doors that open and there's people that can help. And, you know, in, in, I'm not bringing up money because, you know, I, that, that's something I did with Bob and that was a personal thing, but there are people that we can talk to all the time and they don't, they're not, they're not looking for money. They just, they sincerely want to help. And so um, don't be afraid to find those, seek those people out and get the advice. You know, and let me ask you, because you're, you're right where you, you went out there and took the leap of faith to involve Bob Proctor into your life that helped then facilitate the strength, the courage, the right mindset to then be able to tell your story with the ravine as well. And I want to ask you, because I want to shoot back on this, because, you know, guilt and shame and anger and frustration, correct me if I'm wrong, Robert, but it, is that, is that, is, it's okay to experience that. But then also maybe make sure that you collapse that time frame and say, okay, experience that and justify and be okay with that and enjoy the journey of that. But also throughout the whole point of the, the movie is to then go and, and establish forgiveness. And I want to ask you, okay, how did you come around to say, okay, going through those other emotions, going through the guilt, the shame, the frustration, those questions to then experience it and say, was that an easy process? It probably wasn't. And if it wasn't, well, what did that look like? Was it forgiving yourself first or was it forgiving that individual that committed this, 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 this horrible situation? Well, I, I personally never, I didn't have those emotions towards Danny. Um, I don't, you know, I just, never, I don't know why, but I, I didn't, you know, you'd think that might be a natural reaction. I, um, I mean, Kelly freely shares that she did, you know, my wife, and, but I didn't, um, I felt remorse, you know, I felt a sadness, um, a real deep, you know, sadness that he got to this point in his life, you know, like number one, uh, he, he must've went to some very dark places, you know, to be, to get there. And it just shows the power of our mind. When we, we go down, we start entertaining the wrong thoughts, right? and call it what you want, the devil, darkness, whatever. I, I do believe there's a force out there that we have to stand guard at the door of our mind and we can't let these thoughts enter, right? 
And if we do, and we start to, you know, get emotionally involved with those ideas, I, I think that's what happened to Danny. It took him down a road that at some point there must've been no return. I don't, you know, I don't know. I've never gone there, but I didn't want to judge him. I wanted to feel compassion for him. And, and again, because I don't feel like, and I think this is, this might be true about a lot of these situations. Sometimes not. Sometimes I think it is true that at least in this situation, this one event, as horrific as it was, it didn't really, you know, it, it didn't really define who he was as a person over his lifetime. He was a good person. He did a lot of good things. He had a wonderful family. He was a loving husband. People revered him in the community he lived in. So I, I, I although it was, it was very horrific and unimaginable what he did, I just, I didn't want it to define who he was as a person. That's kind of the one thing I wanted to, to, to bring out as we, we were doing this story. And so, I, but I, I do feel, Chris, that probably God had a hand in that, like that, that maybe I would be this person to not judge and just shut the door, you know, because then what do you have? Anything we judge or criticize tends to move out, right? And so if I would have done that, it would have been swept under the mat and we wouldn't be sitting here today talking about this. There'd be, there'd be no book, there'd be no movie, there'd be no story, you know, how trying to help people move through these kind of tragedies. So um, I, the only way I can look at it is, you know, that again, I felt it's a call, it was a calling. I answered the calling and I stayed with it for over a decade, you know, and didn't quit when, when I wanted to. A lot, of, a lot of times, you know, there's a lot of escape hatches, as you know, <laughs> When you're going after something like you have no idea what you're doing and it looks like it's not going to happen. You know, there's all those different moments in time where it's like, maybe we should just bail out, like, you know, call it cut our losses and call it good. But, but I don't know, there was something that kept me going and I, I know what it was, you know, I, I know it's God. I know it was God. I call it God, you know, call it whatever you guys want, but there's a force out there that's moving to and through us. And, and I knew that this was something that we could not quit on. And so I think that kept me from a perspective of keeping an open mind and not trying to define the situation. You know, it's easy to look at something, right? And go, well, this is why this happened. And this is the meaning. But when you, you know, Again, is that changing the way we look at it? What we look at can change. If we get around the other side of the table and look at it from a different perspective, it can, we can start to see something different. And so that's what I think happened here. And eventually my, you know, Kelly moved through this process herself, but that was her own journey, you know, and, and she, she, we've done a lot of interviews about this story and she tells people all the time that she didn't really, wasn't able to really release this and really forgive until after the movie was done or while the movie was being done. And so that was years after it had happened. So everybody deals with these things, you know, um, in their own way. But um, I think, you know, if we wouldn't have been open to a new meaning something different 
right? Then it, it just would have died way back with the story. I mean, with people that physically died, it would it just would have, the storyline would have never, that's where it would have ended. And so. You know, what's, what's interesting is, and I really appreciate it's the empathy, it's the compassion that you had and you built context around that individual and that individual, like you mentioned, it was like, Hey, that does not define who you are for the rest of your life. Right. There were other things that you did. And for some reason, uh, you know, and I appreciate you saying that I want to ask you during this journey of your, this, this process, right. This devastating situation that happened in your life. What did you going through this? What did you learn about yourself that you were not aware and that helped you kind of maybe identify by going through this? Well, I mean, uh, I think if you, if you see the movie, you'll see that, um, you know, we opened our mind to, you know, um, other possibilities. And um, I think I used to, I guess one way to say, Chris, is I used to see theology through a certain lens, you know, and I think I say theology because I think, you know, we, we all have a tendency to say, well, I'm Catholic or I'm Lutheran or I'm Baptist. You know, this is how I see things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think this whole process caused me to open my mind to a bigger concept, maybe, if you will, of um, what, what is it really all about? Because the reality of it is none of us really know. And... And so while I was raised Catholic, um, it caused me to, it caused me to question some of the things I believed in. Like, you know, in the story, we end up putting Danny in heaven, the story ends up, and how could that happen? Okay. Does that go against some of the things I think, or I was taught, you know, of somebody that committed a crime like that or a sin like that. And so when we, and, and I will tell you this, when we started writing the story, that's not how we anticipated ending the story. But two and a half, three years later, when the story, that whole thing came to me in a dream that I had, because we didn't know how to end the book. And we were stuck on that for a long time. We tried all these different scenarios, none of them felt right. Well, what happened is I had a dream one night, a very vivid dream. And I remember waking up and telling Kelly, I, I know how we're supposed to end the story. And so, you know, call it what you want, but that, that whole thing came to me and that's how we ended up ending the story is that, you know, um, and again, I don't want to give it all away for some of the audience that might not have read the book or seen the movie and that want to do that. But, um, that was a, a big challenge and stretch for me, you know? And so I had to open my mind up and just follow my heart is what I had to do. Um, and Kelly too, that, you know, we, you know, cause we're pretty vulnerable in this story. We're sharing some pretty raw, this is a very raw story in, in some respects. And it deals with a lot of tough content. Uh, but then it's also very inspiring and uplifting at the same time, especially at the end of the film. And, um, but, you know, there's a, set, a certain set of courage, a certain amount of courage you got to have to do that. I don't think I could have done it on my own. I felt, you know, like I said, we were led through this. And um, 
I just knew, I just knew we had to do it. And I felt we both felt compelled that that was the story that was being told. That message was coming, coming to and through us. Um, and that's, that's what we felt inspired to share. No, that makes sense. And guys, for those that are listening, those links down there will be in the bottom in the description. So you can literally click and, and consume this movie here. Uh, it's on a lot of the streaming platforms. So you guys can literally go find that into your streaming platform, but also I put all the links down here. But Robert, I want to kind of carry on on what you're talking about, because I, I think this is really interesting point. Uh, because you guys do talk a little bit about this in the movie, but I want to make sure I bring this up with you as well. Mm -hmm. You go against that theology. So many years, this is where you're going. This is what you're thinking. Then all of a sudden, like you mentioned, well, this person that had this or made this terrible decision and murdered these people go back to heaven. And first of all, the, the belief that you had to kind of restructure in your own internal belief system, what was that process like? And then as well as embracing something that was uncomfortable to say, hey, you know what? Maybe for X amount of years, I wasn't believing this. And now I do believe this because the power of what you're basically mentioning, uh, forgiveness, right? That's, that's, uh, that's the whole concept of, of what you are trying to share throughout this. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the, 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 end of the book, we have, uh, I mean, Mitch, who is my character, is referencing Luke verse 23 through 34. Um, he looked, um, that's, that's where, you know, Jesus says to uh, the two criminals on the cross, right? One on his left and one on his right, but he says to the one on, I think on his right, you know, today you'll be in heaven with me. He asked for forgiveness. And so that's, I mean, that's the storyline that we have in the film is that Danny asked for forgiveness. Because I, I don't know that Danny did that for sure, obviously, but I believe he did. And so that, that is the promise that we receive from our Savior is that if we ask for forgiveness, we're forgiven. And, um, and so there's a lot of, there are a lot of challenging pieces in this film. Like one of them is when we say at the beginning and we say at the end, is that God does not see sin in different levels. That was a creation of man. And although Danny was a sinner, you know, his heavenly father loved him. He was a child of God, just like we all are. And if we ask for forgiveness, we're forgiven. And I believe that. And so that's well, basically how the story ends. You know, I, you know, yeah. I don't want to give it away, but I, I kind of am. But you're asking the questions and I want to be honest with the, with the listeners. Um, that, you know, that is what the story really is about, is that it's, it's the universal promise that we have from our, our Heavenly Father and, and that Jesus died for our sins. And if we ask for forgiveness, we are forgiven. And it's not one thing, you know, this is, this is I think this is a, a beautiful storyline, you know, it's because it's not, well, this can be forgiven, but that can, and there's all these different, right? And, and so, you know, mortal sins and venial sins and all these things we're talking growing up. I don't know that, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, you know, but I do know, and I do believe in my heart that, that we can be forgiven and we're all sinners. Sinners to me is where it's a transgression of the law. 
and and there are certain things it's you know the universe emerson said the law of laws is cause and effect right and we set certain causes into effect we get certain results and danny obviously set something into effect that was very very tragic and horrific and and um and there's the, the corresponding result but also i know there's a law out there that says and bob taught taught me this he said if there's something that bad there has to be something that good right a little bad a lot good i'm sorry a lot bad a lot good a little bad a little good but a lot bad there's something equal and opposite and it's good and you got to go find it and that's again that's what we did we went out and looked for it and we said where where could it be and so you know we we all need hope right Russ? we need hope and in this world that we live in today you know there's so much divisiveness and hatred and you know things that are going on we need hope and to me that's what the ravine is all about it's a message of hope and it's a message of forgiveness you know Danny, you know, they, they see this story come to life through this guy, this Danny and his family, but we can take that and apply it to all these things, our own life, certainly, but all these other things that are going on. And it's so easy to judge and condemn and, you know, draw the line and, 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 and you know, say we hate this and we hate that and we hope this happens. This for, but I don't think that's what God wants. And I, I'm guilty of it too. At times, you know, we have, it's it's a natural thing to some degree um, because we're again we're all sinners, obviously. And um, but what I'm most proud about is this story is an uplifting story. It deals with this very very raw content, but at the end it delivers a hope, a, a very strong, inspiring message of hope and forgiveness. And I think the world needs it right now. And so. I'm, I'm just, I'm proud that the movie's out there helping people. And so if you need some inspiration, <laughs> you need some hope, it'll take you, it's a, it's, it's a wild ride, Chris. This story is crazy. You know, you, you sit there and <clears throat> I still sit there and look at this and go, how did this ever happen? Like, I still don't know how it happened, you know? But again, we don't, we don't know why things happen. We don't, we don't know. We're never, we're never going to know why most things happen in our life. Um, you got that right. You, you know, got like that Tony right. Tony Robbins says, the only two things you control, you don't control the events, you control the meaning. And the meaning is going to control what you do or don't do, right? So that's really all we control in our lives is the meaning to the events. We don't control the events. We control the meaning. It's this or that. It's black or white. It's, you know, good or bad. It's whatever it is. Okay. But I guess to go back way back and answer one of your questions, I think what's changed about me is that I'm not so judgmental. I'm not so black and white. I don't, I try to, again, this is one of the things Bob taught me. He, he would always say, don't react, respond. Big difference. Re don't react, respond. When we react, we give the other people or the events the control. When we respond, we maintain control. And so maybe stopping and pausing and trying to look at things a little differently from a different lens. 
in a different perspective. And like you said, you know, your questions are our power, quality questions. You know, what else could this mean? Uh, you know, how could this, how could I use this to help somebody or help myself? You know, you know what I mean? When you ask the right question, we get the answer. You know, thinking is nothing more than asking and answering questions. But I think what Bob, you know, one of the things Bob taught was that most people are engaged with the wrong ideas all day long. They're asking the wrong questions, right? And therefore, we continue to get what we don't want unconsciously. And so this is why studying and becoming aware that we all have been endowed with these higher faculties. God's not giving, you know, Joey some and Mary not. I mean, we all have these higher faculties. And one of them is perception. The other one is imagination. And the other one, another one is will, you know, and we had to use the will to get this story done. We had to stay with this when everything was saying, we had to focus and stay with it. But God gives us these higher faculties. We, we, we tend to live from the senses, what we can see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. But those, those are just for us to enjoy life, right? We're supposed to think from the higher faculties, the imagination, will, perception, memory, intuition, okay? Reason, reason is our ability to think. And we can think anything we want, right? Danny started thinking the wrong things. Look where that, you know, and that took him down. But we can stop and we can, we can that's why I say self-awareness, self-honesty, inner perspective. Where really am I, right? And so we can, we can do these things and we can become more aware of who we are and that God has endowed us all with these infinite faculties and the ability to really tap into those things and do, be, have, whatever, whatever we want. I mean, if you would have told me 10 years ago that I have a book out that was turned into a movie, I just would have thought it was a bunch of nonsense, you know? Yeah, whatever, right? But I, I know that God gave us the ability to do that. Now we could have turned away from that, you know? And, and so I, I think it's important as an audience, like, you know, to really look at our life and say, what do I really want to do? You know, what do I really want? And how could I impact people in a positive way? Because I know all of us are here. Maybe th this is one of the things we were called to do. And look what you're doing, Chris. You're, you've had a calling. You're doing things here with your podcast and so forth. We're all called to do certain things. I, I believe we come here with a purpose and a plan. That's how I feel about it. But we have to be open to it. And we have to be willing to move towards things when we don't know what the meaning is necessarily, right? And when we start moving towards a big idea, I like the, I like the phrase, you know, get involved with a big idea, get emotionally involved with a big idea, something that serves us and serves humanity. You know, it's a good thing. If it's serving ourselves and it's serving other people, it's a good thing, you know, and, and we all have the ability to do that. And um, that's one of the things I do today is I do talks, you know, about trying to help people, inspire people to go after what they really want. Dream. It's okay to be a dreamer. You know, it's not just for little kids. Our imagination just isn't for little kids. It's for adults. We're all just big kids in an adult body, you know. Open your mind up. Dream. Do, what's, do the impossible, you know. That's what Bob used to always say. Do the illogical. 
You know, logic is the barrier to all that could be logic. We get wrapped up in the logic, right? Oh, well, I can't, you know, here's why I can't do that. We start telling ourselves all the reasons, all the re things we don't have. We don't have the money. We don't have the time. We don't have this or that. But those are, those are just things typically that um, we've been conditioned to believe. You know, we were conditioned to believe certain things through hereditary, you know, passed down from the genes or, or how we grew up, the environment we grew up in. But I think it's okay to challenge those things and ask, why am I here? You know, God has a purpose for every one of us. I truly believe that. Why am I here? You know, how can I help other people? There's, you don't have to write a book or do a movie. You can, you know, you can. Like if I could do it, anybody could do it, Chris. You know, Kelly and I could do it. Anybody could do it. I sincerely mean that. But it could be in anything, right? It could be a number of ways. Look, look how you're serving people, you know? So um, open your mind, you know? Open your mind up to possibilities. That's, that's what I love sharing with people. Just be open and be willing to act on an idea. You know, because I believe that if we can think it, it means we have the ability to do it. If we can think it. That's that's the idea. You know, and it's so incredible that you're talking about, you know, just real quick judgment. And you had a struggle with that. And you came over and, and really one of the biggest things is, you know, being able to have that empathy and building that context around it. And I want to ask you a little bit about this because everybody has their own journey, right? And journey for that uh, forgiveness, right? And you had to walk through that. And in, in the, you and your wife had to walk through that. I'm curious though, Robert, you being able to now be in this situation where you have developed this empathy, this compassion toward people a little bit, um, who else were you able to help or lead to that forgiveness? Because you were able to walk through your own story and take ownership of it and obviously have that forgiveness and then help someone else kind of come to that door. You can't make them open up that door, but maybe mm -hmm. allow them to facilitate and bring them close to that door and say, realize, hey, you know what? You're holding on to this. Whether it may be the, the, the wife's parents or maybe that whoever was associated also that was really close to that to that family uh, that experienced that same that same trauma um were you i'm just curious as a leadership because of your journey you were able to be in that situation um and have that empathy and compassion those that were coming in a little judged little condemning little that kind of uh mindset helping them maybe restructure their their own paradigm yeah i i while I didn't, you know, um, I kind of left it up to them, you know, I didn't want to be in their face about it, but, um, you know, I, I know that it caused them to think into what degree, you know, because I, even to the immediate family members and it, close friends, I know they all dealt with it again. They all had different reactions to what happened and why it happened and you know their theory on it if you will and the meaning from it so i know this story caused them all to think i don't you know where where they are today i don't, I don't know exactly i just it, but that goes again to like I, I see reviews online all the time uh, i just ran into 500 reviews on youtube from the movie i don't just last week and they you know it's 
causing people to really think. And, you know, I, I saw a review that said this is the first story besides the Bible that really taught me about forgiveness. I mean, when I read that, I was like, man, I, you know, it's like, it just, it was, the reason I share that was, it really made me feel like, you know what, we, we're, we did this, we, it just reaffirmed what we did, you know, like this is, this is a good thing. It's really impacting people. And so while I don't, I wouldn't say I ask people directly a lot, you know, how, how's this, I, we get it indirectly because we get emails all the time. We get, you know, we, I see some reviews out there. Um, you know, Amazon's got a lot of reviews on the story on the book. So I see how it's indirectly, I see how it's impacting people. Um, so I don't know if that was exactly what you were asking, Chris, but that's kind of how no, I experienced it. That definitely does, because that's one thing I, I always struggle with. Because, see, when I struggle with pornography, I came in and it was interesting because I was like, oh, at least I didn't do as bad as that person. Right. And I came in more judging. And it was interesting because, like you were mentioning just a few seconds ago, God sees sin as sin as sin, period. Right. It wasn't like this sin's worse than this sin and this sin's worse than this. And that's why I think it's really interesting your story. Yes, it is raw, it is real, but also it's authentic. And I think that's what life is. And that, that's kind of what you're saying is, hey, you know what? You may have a miscarriage. You may have a rape. Like there's some big issues, yeah. right? Big traumas that happen. And I think yeah. it's just interesting how you approach it in a very authentic and very vulnerable way. And I really appreciate that because I know that's, that's tough, but also yeah. you had to, um, God's using you for, for this message, right? You're using this story, right? Again, coming back to what you're saying here and how you're asking the right questions. Hey, how can I use this story, this, this trauma, this devastating situation to impact millions upon millions and it's going international. And it's just, it's really interesting to see how, how God is using this. Uh, for those that want to consume, I mentioned, obviously, we're going to have all the links down there at the bottom. You can get this access on YouTube as well uh, and a lot of different other streaming services. But how can they reach out to you? Be part of what you got going on, support you, and, and any way that's possible, man. Um, well, they can go to robertpascuzzi.com. That's my personal website. And they can message me there if they wanted to reach out. Uh, it'll just send me an email and support you any way I can. If you need help, reach out. Um, but Chris, I want to go back to what you said, and because that that is at the heart of, you know, the storyline is that life is, is messy, you know, and it can be very, very difficult at times. And, um, you know, as they say, crap happens. And, and so it, it does deal with very raw material. But I think that's what I think that's what people are, are really, they need a lifeline. We need a lifeline. And so, um, and we need to see that other people have dealt with this, this stuff and they've moved through it and how they've moved through it. Maybe it can offer some hope that way. So I appreciate you, you know, just caveating on that because, um, you know, it, it was, that was, there was, there were moments when we hesitated to go forward just because it, it was so personal and such you know such raw material but um just to see that it's impacting people in the way it's impacting it, it makes it all worth it and i think there has to be a, a level of vulnerable vulnerability to that uh, but i appreciate you sharing what you're what you share too because um 
um, you know, we're all dealing with something, right? There, there's always something. We all have different things, challenges and hurdles we need to overcome. Um, but, um, you know, the Lord provides the ways when we, when we look for them and we ask for them. And so, uh, you know, I, I'm inspired by what you're doing though too. So I appreciate you a lot. Well, I appreciate you being on here, man, and, and telling your story and having the courage. And I, I don't know where that came from. If, if God just kind of gave you the courage to speak and, and be able to now, you know, uh, share this with so many. But guys, the, those links will be in the description below. So make sure you stop what you're doing. Uh, literally watch this. Go tonight. Watch it with your spouse. Um, have a conversation about a dialogue and then reach out to Robert as well. I think he would love to get some feedback or even write a review as well on whatever streaming service you use. Uh, Robert, I really appreciate you being on here being authentic and vulnerable uh and and you know uh, just writing the book as well as you know publishing the movie uh the ravine and i always love to ask my guests before i let you go is there any last words of wisdom they like to share with our audience no last words of wisdom i i don't know i'm just a big dreamer chris so i i just say keep your mind open you know and um and just know that whatever you need god will equip you you know, open your mind up to possibilities. Know that we have, we all are created from our, our maker with infinite potential and let it come out. Like, let it come out. Ask yourself how you can be a vessel, how you can, you know, how God wants to use you and watch what happens. Watch what happens. Be open to it and, and shut off that part of your brain that says you can't do something, right? Forget that. Tell yourself you you can, <laughs> you know, it's just, am I able and am I willing? Yes, we're able. Am I willing? And and follow your path. Just follow your path. And God will use you, man. And uh, if you did it with me, you can do it with anybody. So that's just what I'd like to leave you guys with. Just be inspired. Well said. Well said. Guys, that is my friend, author, speaker, and so much more. The The Ravine go get it it is on a book edition as well as live streaming out there guys that is my friend robert pascuzzi guys that is journey with christian davis podcast until next time be uncommon if you can Yo, this is Christian D. Evans, Journey with Christian D. Evans podcast. We thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode. If you feel and you know that this was valuable to you, please show some love to our amazing guest by liking this, by commenting on this, by making sure that you do a nice five-star review and just show some love to our guest. That'd be really awesome. Also, make sure you share this with a friend, a family, a colleague, someone that you believe would bring value to their life right now. Uh, and guys, we just want to say thank you again for just being part of our community. If you want to have more resources, don't be afraid. Go to christiandevans.com. You can actually schedule a phone call with me or you can send me an email at christian.evans at beuncommonifyoucan.com. That's christian.evans at beuncommonifyoucan.com. Always love to hear some feedback and let me know what is the number one or two things that you are struggling in your business and your life and we'll make sure we have those conversations. Guys, that is Journey with Christian Davis podcast. And until next time, remember, be uncommon if you can. Cheers.